0: This is the for Puck Live Podcast, episode number 39, recorded Tuesday, March 19th, 2013. Welcome to the for Puck Live Podcast, along with Hammy and Vigo, I am your host, Jupiter. Well, it's the end of an era, boys. The last final five we will ever have. It's truly an end of an era, isn't it, Hammy?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a successful run with uh, the Final Five, and uh, there's been a lot of exciting games over the years, and Excel's always been a great place to have it at, and, you know, in recent years. And uh, it is unfortunate, but life will go on, and, uh, you know, eventually we'll bring on some new traditions.
0: What do you think, Viggs? Is it the end of an era? It
2: It truly is. I mean excel for the Final Five with all the hockey fans in the area able to come to the rink and wear their jerseys and, and drink beer in the the beautiful streets of St. Paul. It's it's going to be sad to see go.
0: Well, it's gotten pretty big with that little tailgate you guys have going over there by, uh, was it by Four Paws, I believe?
2: Yep. I And, you know, as people start to brew beer on their own, they just bring kegs of beer with and, uh, <laughs> It's just getting uh, more and more impressive every year. Uh, I get the feeling that at least for Gopher fans, uh, that will continue even with the Big Ten uh, mm-hmm. tournament. But uh, it's it's definitely growing.
0: If you don't know, a lot of these, you know, not just Gopher fans, but you know, there's Tech fans, there's you know, Sioux fans, there's Bulldog fans. They've made this tailgate that's getting bigger and bigger each year. It's right by the four it's in the four paws parking lot, you know, kinda of right behind Dairy Quinn there off of West Seventh and uh it's gotten a little crazy, so much that they actually rent an outhouse. Two of them. Two of them now. Wow. That's uh that's going big time. Of course it would be nice if you donated to the person who got them, you know, to help out, but uh you know, it, I don't know if it's going to be the same. You know, without all those other fans there next year, because certainly the Badger fans aren't going to slow, aren't going to uh, show up. So who knows?
2: And I think Great Waters would probably be taking a hit without the, the the Green Wave coming down from North Dakota. They just packed that place with Sioux fans. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Well, how did we get to this final five, guys? Well. Our Gophers got their business done Friday and Saturday night. It wasn't easy. Um, Friday night, boy, just peppered Walsh with shots. Well, it was over 50 shots, I believe. Only one goal to show for it. And sure enough, right at the end there, <laughs> the Beavers scored a tie with, what, about 38 seconds left. Sends to overtime. Wasn't looking too good until Mr. Kyle Rao came through in the end. Uh, Vigo, your thoughts on Friday night? That. Uh, they they threw everything they could at Walsh. Just couldn't get it by him.
2: They threw a lot of pucks at net. I think I think they had over ninety attempts. Uh, one of the frustrating things I think was, as a fan was to see so many soft shots coming from outside the yep. you know the circle area, mm-hmm. and you know Walsh was just cleaning those up. I mean, hat off to him that he wasn't giving away a lot of rebounds, but at the same point the gophers were just settling for for getting the puck on net. It's almost like when the coaches are telling you to get the puck on net, they don't mean to lob it in to his jersey. So that that was one thing, you know, that I think they probably can can work on and, and focus on getting pucks in the harder areas of the ice and and creating rebound opportunities, not just putting the puck on net.
0: Well, you know, rebound opportunities is exactly what happened a little better on Saturday night, Hammy. Obviously, uh, Howla just throws a shot on net as quick as he can. Michaelson makes a great move and ties the game up after the Gophers had been down most of the game. So, you know, we've had a couple situations this year. We've got the Gophers, you know, squeaking by in overtime. And then the Saturday night, Hammy, you know, they were down and came back and won late.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I have a few different thoughts. I mean, I think, first of all, you have to realize that beating a t- the same team four times in a row, even a team that's, you know, at a talent disadvantage, it's never easy. I mean, and and particularly on back-to-back weekends, I mean, I, I don't want to say there's a fear factor involved with teams at this level, but I think that there's certainly a familiarity factor that you get from playing a team that many times in such a close span of time so it's going to be more difficult than I think the fans are going to realize a lot of times in those situations and secondly um, you know you are talking about a team that knows hey if we lose we're done you know and and of course you're more than likely going to get the other team's best effort when those circumstances are there so and I think these are the kinds of games that we're going to have to expect I mean uh, you know they're going to be You know, from here on out, more than likely, one goal games or maybe two goal with an empty net, you know, or those kinds of games moving forward. So to kind of be put in those positions where you have to, you know, either battle back or you know play kind of a tight game like that, I think that that's kind of a positive. And they came out and won both games, so I think that that's kind of a good sign in in that sense.
0: Well, one thing uh, Coach Lucia did say, you know, you know, after the games this weekend and on the show last night was. Bemidji kept adjusting their game, doing different strategies, and they had to stay on their toes and adjust themselves quite often.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that there's certainly, you know, especially, you know, you have good coaches out there. I mean, I think Saratori is kind of an underrated coach simply because of he coaches up in, you know, Bemidji and they don't get a lot of attention a lot of time, no, but, they don't. Um, you know, I think he's a good coach and he's, you know, a smart guy and, and, certainly teams are going to have to adjust, you know, and be on their toes because, um, it's, you know, especially when you're in kind of these league playoff situations, you know, they all know each other and, and sometimes you kind of have to throw the other team a bit of a curveball, you know, and uh, see where it might get you. So, yeah, you have to be able to adjust.
0: All right, boys. Well, the Gophers made it through in two games. This is we're happy to see. Lucia is definitely happy about it. He, As he said, he does not like these games. Um, but he's glad that he's done with it back to the final and, five.
2: And he's glad he's got Adam Wilcox as his goaltender because save after save, every time there was a breakaway or a big two on one chance, he bailed them out. And that's a yeah. big difference this year than in years past.
0: Definitely. I mean, Wilcox is, uh, you know, everyone talks about, you know, Bukestad and how, uh, yada, 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 but, uh, any reason to believe why Wilcox couldn't be uh, the, the, the team MVP? But the way he's played and, you know, as a freshman and and have been so solid back there, whereas, you know, when we our first podcast of the season, this was the biggest question mark on this team.
2: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't face a gigantic workload every weekend, but he he's forced to come up with big saves on breakaways every weekend, it seems like. Yeah. And these close games aren't close if your goaltender doesn't make those saves. And Wilcox is a big reason
0: they're at the spot where they are. Any thoughts on that, Hammy? Well, yeah. I mean, is I he your team he, MVP? He, I, he might be my MVP.
1: Well, he certainly was the guy that had the biggest question mark, you know, as far as his role and, and you know, what the team was facing coming into the year. And, um, you know, we were I was having this debate on Twitter with uh, – um, our pal, well, Chuck Schwartz, and Andy Johnson, you know, about, cause he was upset. The fact that Wisconsin goalie wasn't in the, uh, all league teams and Wilcox was, and, and, you know, he was focused simply on one stat, which is the, uh, save percentage stat. And while certainly that might be one of the key variables in judging a goalie, you know, my argument was that on a week in and week out basis, you know the gophers play a, a style in which they're going to be taking more risks and and the goalie's going to have to be you know in positions to make some tougher saves i mean let's face it wisconsin they might give up a few more shots on average but they're not going to give a lot of great shots up and so i feel like you know, Wilcox on the whole was the better choice. And, uh, you know, if if you're looking at a team MVP, it would certainly have to be either him or probably uh, Havala or or, um, possibly, I guess, Schmidt, you know, but uh, certainly those guys would be the key ones.
2: Yeah. Rumpel definitely isn't seeing two, three breakaways every weekend like Wilcox seems to be. Yeah. I
1: mean, that was my thing. You know, the, I certainly don't no disrespect meant to the, you know, Rumpel, but it's, to me, Wilcox has had more of a, I mean, he's, first of all, he's played more, a lot more minutes. So he's had more of a challenge on a consistent basis. And secondly, he's faced, I think probably, I mean, I don't have any fact behind it, but I do think it's fair to say, given the two systems that the Gophers are probably going to be giving up a few more high quality chances per game than Wisconsin. So I, I just think that he is a better pick in that situation.
0: All right. Well, also qualifying in two games are were the Saint Cloud State Huskies guys. So they're going to hold on to their number one seed. And uh, didn't take much for them to take care of uh, Anchorage, huh, Viggs? No, they definitely
2: um, got the team with no fight in their in their matchup. I think Anchorage <laughs> was ready to hit the you know the summer and start swinging the golf clubs a little bit. And Saint Cloud didn't let them into any of the games, so they they did their job.
0: Uh, Hammy, Anchorage is definitely, uh, once every five to seven years, they make the final five and put up a fight, but the rest of them, uh, just like Vigo said, not much of a fight.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they, you know, went into the series shorthanded, you know, and so they weren't, they didn't even have a full lineup for either night. And, uh, you kind of expect St. Cloud to take care of business on their home ice against a team that's you know, not all that talented and, and short-handed. you know, in addition. So that's certainly, you know, the thing is, though, is that they did give St. Cloud a bit of a fight on on Saturday. I mean, it was only one nothing going into the, you know, third period, and then St. Cloud kind of took over. But, um, you know, so you, they did put up a little bit of an effort in that sense. But, uh, yeah, it, they were just undermanned and overmatched.
0: Well, I was hoping for a Bulldog upset, but it just wasn't to be, drunk hockey guy. Sorry, bud. Your team let me down. Wisconsin badger sweep, Hammy. Uh, we were hoping Duluth would put up a fight, but they didn't. And uh, uh, I wouldn't want to be Mankato or St. Cloud right now because Wisconsin is just keeps playing better and better.
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, we've mentioned it in the past that they're they're the kind of team that, you know, is kind of built a little more for a playoff environment where it's kind of closer to the vest and real defensive kind of style hockey. And, um, you know, if you you have, you keep things close, you know, especially going into that last period, you just never know what's going to happen, you know, in those kinds of games. And, you know, sometimes they'll pull them out and sometimes Mm -hmm. they won't, but it's, it, it, you know, it's kind of more that kind of close style and, you know, it works for them. And, um, you know, you, it's not the thing that you want to be relying on over the course of a season, but um, it can get you, you know, some success in the playoffs where it's, you know, a one and done situation. So we'll see how it goes. I, I think that they'll certainly give, uh, you know, if they should advance um, in the final five, I think that they'll give, um, I think they're what going to be St. Cloud, I think, in a, if they win. So, yep. Um You know, it'll be interesting. I think that'll be a challenge for St. Cloud.
0: Well, the third seed took care of business, but it took them uh, three games. Uh, North Dakota fighting the who? Take out Michigan Tech. A little tougher than they thought it was going to be. Obviously, Sunday they eventually did just kind of put them away, and it was all over. But Vigo, uh, Tech put up a little bit of a fight with the who. Yeah, that Saturday
2: game, you know, they got up a goal and uh, North Dakota Dakota evened it up and then they they, uh, took it away in the last couple of minutes. So good fight out of Tech. I I thought maybe they'd have a chance on Sunday, you know, with North Dakota gripping the sticks a little bit tightly. And I think uh, North Dakota is kind of a one-line reliant team. I I don't think they're getting a lot of secondary scoring and, uh, you know, that could affect them in one of these games this weekend.
0: What do you think of that series up there in Grand Forks, Hammy? Uh,
1: you know, I mean, I think it's kind of you know, it reminds me of kind of last year with them and and the Gophers. You know, as far as far as tech goes, I mean, they they put up a nice fight, and um, I think that you know, North Dakota right now kind of reminds me a little bit of how we've seen with the Gophers throughout the year. They they seem lately kind of just inconsistent, and uh, they have you know, one game in the weekend that they'll do, you know, pretty well at and the other game that, you know, they'll have a kind of an inconsistent effort and that their last few series of kind of, you know, three, four series has been that way. And so, you know, it's not exactly, I think heading into the playoffs, it's not the optimal way to be. And I I, I would agree that they seem to be kind of trying to find themselves um, a bit as far as secondary scoring goes. I mean, you can't complain about getting six goals on, you know, on their last game. So maybe, That'll you know help with some additional confidence, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how things go this coming weekend.
0: Minnesota State takes out UNO. It took them three games. We thought it would be a little more of a sweep, but uh, they eventually took care of business, didn't they, Vigo?
2: Yeah, and, and they were all tight games, so that was, yeah. was kind of interesting. I w- I didn't expect that coming out of Omaha, um, the way they performed down the stretch. Um, but Minnesota State pulled it out in OT on Friday. Um, Omaha won the 2-1 game on Saturday. It was real tight, and then there was another tight game on Sunday. So, you know, a little bit surprising. Um, and, you know, they're going to be playing Wisconsin this weekend, so it's probably going to be another low-scoring game. So probably good experience for Minnesota State going into that one.
0: Well, Minnesota State had uh, some, quite a bit of bad luck in recent years. I mean, obviously they've gone to three games many times. But it's been ten years since they've been to the final five, and uh, that year was—you know—they were lost to Minnesota in overtime, and and the only other time they made it was a few years before that. So uh, Hastings has definitely brought them back from the edge, and this is a great time for them to come up because they're going to be the leaders of the WCHA next year. They're going to be the team, the go-to team, I think. So it's—I uh, think it's important, that at least some team. That's going to be left in the WCHA makes the final five this year, and uh, they have done that. So we'll guess we'll have to see, Hammy. I mean, what do you think? They did exactly what you thought they would. They took out UNO. Can they go further?
1: Well, I mean, I, first of all, I mean, I, I would agree that the, you know the series was a little bit of a surprise in the sense that it was as, as tightly uh, played as it was. I really expected uh, M- uh, Mankato to kind of come up on top in two games, and I. Um, thought that you know the way that UNO has been playing that it would probably you know be a quick series but so I'll give them credit for that but I don't think it's a shock that they won the series uh, UNO has been pretty much awful the last few years down the stretch and obviously they weren't any different this year in that sense um, as far as the future goes I, I mean I think it is um, you know I think that they are positioned pretty well in the WCHA you know in the future and I, I I think they'll be one of the leaders. I think that it'll it'll be an interesting league. I actually think it's not going to be quite as bad as people probably think. Um, I think that you know it'll be helpful for some teams because they'll probably have more of a fighting chance and uh, you know to win the, their league or move on to the NCAA's and uh, certainly Mankato would be one of the best candidates.
0: Finally, we have well, what do we have with Denver getting upset by Colorado College. That's one pick I did get right CC and three hammy your thoughts
1: yeah it's a little surprising I mean I you know I guess when you look at the season Denver has been you know real kind of inconsistent up and down um, so I can't say I'm I'm stunned and I think that the one thing that we did mention last weekend is that um, you know when you're in a rivalry you know series like this you just don't know you can kind of throw the records and some of the statistics and all that out the window because you just don't know what's going to happen in those kinds of series and I think this was an example of that I think certainly on paper and throughout what we've seen most of the season uh Denver is the better team of the two but nonetheless um Colorado College came together and, and you know got the win and unlike like how you know even though I, I've been disappointed in how he's been over his college career it sound like he kind of rides to the occasion especially this on Sunday and had some success.
0: Well, it didn't help that the Denver goalie pretty much kicked it in the net for the game-winning goal, did it, vigo
2: No, it, it didn't help. Especially, I know on Saturday and Sunday they Denver outshot CC almost two to one both games, and and just controlled the game. And uh, I know Guazdecki was very complimentary of how about how he played during the season-ending uh, series for him there. And you know, sometimes a good goalie does bail you out, and you know he got CC to the. Final five, and he'll be in for it uh, on Thursday night.
0: Definitely will. Well, before we get to the final five itself, I see we've got a question via Twitter. Remember, if you're listening live, just send us a tweet. You know, you could send Hammy Hockey tweet, Evie Go tweet, or at Gopher Puck Live if you have a question for us. So we'll we'll try to get an answer to them. Obviously, uh, a drunk Hockey guy is a little bitter that we're calling it the last final five. He thinks the Tech fans won't like that, but. This is the last Final Five that's going to matter to us, I should say. Um, Gopher Puck wants to know, what D-men pair do you think is the Gophers' best right now? Helgi seems to be on the ice for goals lately. He's a minus four. Uh, what do you think, Cammy? Who's our best pair?
1: You know, well, I mean, it, I guess it depends upon who's playing, you know. I mean, I, because honestly, I, I feel that um, when Parento is out there, I, I feel... You know, confident. You know, whenever he's playing with somebody, because I think that he's very defensively solid, and he allows the other guy I think to kind of relax a little bit more. And so, I I, it's hard for me to really answer that. I've liked how Alt has stepped up to the plate a bit. Um, uh, So, you know, it's really hard for me to say for sure. It just really depends upon the lineup. But I I certainly like what I see out of uh, you know when Parento gets the opportunity. To play a, in a pairing, I like what I see when he's out there, but I don't make those lineup calls either.
2: So,
0: what do you think, Vig? Who's our best defensive pair? Well, it's
2: Nate Schmidt and whoever he's playing with, because <laughs> <laughs> generally, you know, Schmidt always makes the right decision about when to pounce and when to bail, and he he doesn't really get caught below the tops of the circle unless it's a sure thing. And he doesn't get shots blocked very often. And definitely not getting a shot block that turns into a rush the other way. So I think having Nate Schmidt on the ice, whoever he's paired with, is just their top pair right now.
0: Okay. Well, I just wanted to kind of go back to uh, the Gopher weekend before we go to the Final Five. Oh, uh, well, right as I say that, a question comes in. What will the regular season trophy for first place team in the standings, be in the Big Ten conference next year. Well, Zach Wickman, you'll have to check the boards because there already is a trophy. It's kind of weird looking, but there's a trophy. I don't know what else I can tell you. Check the check the Big Ten thread. You'll see the new trophy. We believe it's for the regular season. Don't know what the playoff one's going to be or what it's going to look like yet. Um, I just kind of wanted to get into some of the gameplay uh, this weekend, guys. Uh, obviously, uh, I thought it was good that we saw some pressure situations. Um, leading into the the big time playoffs here, where the games will matter. Obviously, you know we gave up that goal late Friday night. Saturday we gave up. We had you know down by two goals. Came back, tied it, and Marshall makes a great play to to uh, win the game late. Um, these type of games are exactly what we need going into the NCAA playoffs. I'm hoping we see these type of games this weekend. Things that, you know, challenge the boys, that keep them fresh. Um, What are your thoughts? Do you think that was that kind of a weekend, Hammy? Something that's good for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I think that these are the kinds of games that you're going to see going forward. I mean, let's face it, when you're in the, you know, the Final Five or the NCAAs, you're playing, you know, generally you're playing pretty good teams. and, And... uh, you can't expect to go in there and, and just jump out to a two to, you know, three goal lead in the game and just, you know, kind of sit on it and play, you know, and c- continue to build on it. It's usually going to be, you know, tightly contested. And um, not that, you know, three, four goal games, you know, victories that never happen in those circumstances, but I, I do think that certainly it's a, uh, you know, it's a good sign that you can play in those tight games, that, you know, whether playing with the lead and, and maintaining it or at least holding on to it enough where you can get an overtime and win or else being able to come back from, a you know, a goal or two down and, and not panicking. And so I, I do think that both situations that we have saw this weekend are positive in that sense. And uh, it'll give the guys hopefully some confidence that, you know, when they're in those situations, uh, hopefully they won't be playing from behind too much. But uh, if they do get in those situations, they have the confidence to come back.
0: What do you think, Vigo? Good learning experience this weekend? Well,
2: I think it was a good learning experience. I mean, the important thing is that they didn't make big mistakes that came back to bite them too much during the weekend. And, you know, we look back at the season as a whole, and there have been a lot of tight games. You know, you look at that BC game that was 8-1. Well, it was a pretty tight first period. You know, that that didn't happen right off the bat. So they, they saw a good tight game early, and then I think BC's youth got away from them, and the game got away from them. And then they played Notre Dame the next night. And they saw that tight, real tight checking game, and and they've had good experience down the stretch of the season. So I think they're well prepared for a tight game. They just have to remember that experience and not let the game get away from them. You know, playing too much of the puck or just giving away the puck too easily. So I think they're well prepared for the the stretch run here.
1: Well, they- you know, the, the only thing I, the only thing I'd say is that Bemidji, you know, they're an older team. They're they're not going to quit, and they're you know, they're the kind of team I think that is going to give you that kind of a mental challenge. You know, it's not going to be a cakewalk. And I think, um, playing against teams like that, where you're going to have to earn it, you know, I think that that's a good thing. And I, I like the, I want to see them be more physical. You know, I think that's going to be important, especially when we're on these NHL size ranks and getting pucks to the net, you know, cause I mean, if, you end up playing a, a Wisconsin or something along those lines, you're going to have to kind of get pucks to the net and be more physical around the blue paint. And, and uh, you know, you, you kind of have to earn your goals a little more. You're going to have to be a little bit more of that uh, garbage goal mentality. It's not going to be the pretty stuff. So I think that, uh, you know, these kinds of weekends certainly are positive from that standpoint as well.
0: One thing I think is, is positive about the whole year is I believe that only two times they lost by more than one goal. I see a 5-3 loss at Michigan Tech and a 5-3 loss at Minnesota State. But everything else has been, you know, one goal here, one goal there. Uh, they haven't been blown out or dominated at all this year.
1: No, I mean, I think, you know, they've been relatively, in that sense, you know, they have the kind of talent level where they're going to keep it close. It's always when they've not played well, it's generally been, you know, kind of just – a little bit of lackluster play and just not mentally being ready for things. And you would hope and imagine that, you know, given it its playoff times, final five and NCAAs in the future, that um, getting up for the games and being mentally prepared is not going to be an issue whatsoever. I mean, that has yet to be proven. Of course, they have to show it, but you would think that that wouldn't be an issue.
2: Yeah, I think the only game where there's been questionable effort was the Friday Denver game. Other than that, this team has been really consistent all year, um, giving an effort. So I think hopefully they learn their lesson from that game.
0: That was a brutal game. (laughs) Not to bring it down. I know. It was bad, though. I was not happy. I I was glad I didn't go to Mariucci that evening.
2: And, you know, the coaches weren't satisfied and the players weren't satisfied. So they they took it and they moved on. They played much better on Saturday and and beat them 5-1. So hopefully the message got
0: across. So that brings us to the final five. We've got St. Cloud, the number one seed, followed by Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota State, and Colorado College. It kicks off Thursday afternoon when uh, Minnesota State takes on the Badgers. Uh, Vigo, uh, Minnesota State had some good success. They went to Madison earlier this year and swept them. Then lost at home to Madison, to to the Badgers this year a couple of uh, I believe so, overtime games. So this looks like a pretty even matchup.
2: Yeah, I mean you got two pretty good goaltenders in this in this game. I think both of them are all WCHA goalies. And uh I give a slight edge to Minnesota State. I think they've got a little bit more scoring. I think their power play is a little bit more effective than Wisconsin's. And we've seen Wisconsin take some penalties here down the stretch. Um, But I I expect it to be a really close competitive game. I'd be surprised if this is more than a 2-1, 3-2 type game.
0: Hammy, I I believe the crowd's going to be definitely behind uh, Minnesota State uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Wisconsin hasn't brought fans to the Final Five in years. So they'll at least have the crowd behind them. How do you think they'll do?
1: I mean, I think for me, this is the kind of game that has overtime written all over it. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that uh, you know Williams is a is a very good goalie, and he's not going to give up a lot. And you know that Wisconsin generally is not going to give up a lot of um, chances because of their system and the way that they play. Um, so it, it just sort of has that you know tight game where it's just going to come down to one play towards the end. At least that would be my feeling on it um, as far as a prediction goes, and. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the tenants is going to be like for a Thursday afternoon game or whatever. I mean, I guess that remains to be seen. I would certainly think that uh, Minnesota state would have most of the casual fans from other teams cheering for them in that case. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, but they haven't played at Excel in a while. I haven't been in this kind of a situation, so we'll see how it goes. I, I would predict, uh, Boy, it's so tight for me to even really make a prediction, but I'm going to say that uh, Mankato comes out on top.
0: Well, hopefully they get some fans there. Obviously, I think the other school fans that are there will cheer for them over the Badgers easily. Uh, Apparently, this past weekend, their own fans forgot they had a home series because they had, what, under 3,000 both nights. It was not good, and I heard quite quite a few Mankato fans were very disappointed in the turnout. I mean... They have a, a wonderful season, the most victories they've had in the WCHA, I think, ever, and the fans did not show up. Yeah, they got to do what
2: the Gopher Ticket Office does, and just send those tickets out with the season tickets.
0: I would agree with that. I would agree. So we move on to Thursday night, where uh, those upstart Colorado College Tigers get to face the Fighting Sioux. Oh, sorry, the Fighting Who. Um, guys... The Who have won the last three WCHA Final Five, fives I should say. They always play well this time of year. I think it's hard to pick against them, even even against Minnesota. They haven't. They just don't lose in the Final Five anymore. Hammy.
1: Well, I mean, in this game, I think there's no doubt that they're the favorite. Uh, you know, CC can bring some offense to the table, and uh, so you know they're going to have a puncher's chance in that sense. Um, and and like I mentioned earlier, North Dakota has been a bit inconsistent. Um, so you don't know for sure if they're going to, you know, be playing their A game on a particular night. Uh, so, and, you know, I mean, they've tied with Bemidji lately. They, you know, they did lose to, you know, Mankato. They lost to Tech, you know, last weekend. I mean, so it's not like they've been just rolling teams, you know, here down the stretch. So you don't know for sure what you're going to get, but I think it's, It would be pretty hard for me to imagine that they're not going to come out on top in that uh, game against Colorado College. What do you think, Biggs?
2: You know, North Dakota is the odds-on favorite for sure. But the one thing is North Dakota doesn't have a solid goalie this this year. Uh, Gothberg played on Friday night, um, and then uh, Saunders played Saturday and Sunday. So they don't really know what they're comfortable with there. I mean, I don't know why Gothberg didn't get another shot in that, but, uh, they went with Saunders. So what do they do coming into this weekend against the team they split with during the season? Um, I think they're going to come out on top, but I could see this being a four three game that could go either way.
0: Interesting. Well, that brings us to Friday night guys. Um, the way we kind of have it going, it looks like we've got a Mankato that's going to face the St. Cloud, but Tammy, either way, uh, does Mankato or Wisconsin have a good chance of beating St. Cloud uh, Friday afternoon?
1: You know, I actually think that um, Wisconsin, I, I think, has a better chance of beating uh, St. Cloud because of the style that they play, and, and okay. um, you know, I, that's... It's not that I think that Wisconsin is the better team of of Mankato, you know, because I did pick Mankato to win, you know, even though it was a tight kind of difficult choice. uh, I I just think that the defensive style is more what's going to, especially on an NHL size rank, um, you know, playing that kind of style is going to be more difficult for a St. Cloud than it is, um, you know, maybe what uh, they would see with Mankato, which is probably more of a similar you know, game than you know, and something that I think Saint Cloud would be a little more more comfortable playing. So, um, I I do think Saint Cloud would more likely come out on top, um, but it just depends upon that you know matchup. But if I'm picking them against Mankato, then I would probably say Saint Cloud will win that game.
0: You know, I think the rink size—that's a pretty good point. I mean, obviously, every team plays on Olympic size except for North Dakota. I mean, Wisconsin, not quite, but it's pretty close. All the rest of them all play on Olympic ice. Does that make a difference this weekend? I mean, <laughs> the Sioux, they do well up there. Um, they're playing on that regular issue ice all the time.
1: Well, well I mean, I think I, – I'm sorry. I didn't mean, it, go I, ahead. I, I think it really depends on, you know – I, I I don't think that this is the typical Sioux team that's real physical. I mean, that's the thing that we talked about earlier in the season with North Dakota is that this is not really the prototypical, you know, a bunch of trees on the the back end, you know, and physical guys that are going to throw their weight around and, and make you pay, you know, like we've seen, you know, in some seasons. This isn't really a very physical defensive unit. And so I'm not sure that this is quite you know, this team is quite as built for, you know, the smaller rink as maybe some of their other teams in the past. So in that sense, I'm not sure that that is necessarily true here. Um, but I do think that, you know, like the Gophers, I think are more built, I believe for the smaller rink than they are usually because they have some physical guys on defense. They have some real good size up front. And, uh, I just think that they have a team that's built for that, even though they play most of their games on an Olympic rink. So it it just kind of depends, I think, on how a team is built.
0: What do you think, Viggs, uh, on the rink size and on Wisconsin or Mankato playing St. Cloud?
2: Well, I think the one thing about St. Cloud is I think they are a little bit better in the open ice than they are in battles along the wall. Um, I look at some of their skill players, and I think they're better at playmaking as opposed to having to 4 check and get pucks out. So I think that, you know, might be a little bit of a disadvantage for them playing at Excel. But they're but they're definitely a very skilled team. So I, I think they're the favorite. Um, but you know, Wisconsin, North Dakota, those are teams that, you know, are battle teams. They're they're chip the puck and, and battle and win 4 checks. So it definitely helps for them to be on the smaller
0: ice. All right, boys, Minnesota rule means that Minnesota plays Friday night. And uh, by all indications, looks like we're going to play the North Dakota, but you never know. Um, What do you think, Cammy? This could be, you know, a classic matchup if we play North Dakota. I mean, it's the last final five for our teams. There'll be 18 or 19,000 people there. It'll be an event, but what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, no doubt that. I mean, I think that that'll probably, you know, my personal opinion is whoever wins that game is going to win the final five. That that's my personal opinion because I think that, despite what we saw in the regular season, I I do think that North Dakota and Minnesota are the two best teams in the league from a talent standpoint. I do think that they're, you know, have more experience in these situations. So I I just think that whoever comes out of that game is more than likely going to win. Um, the final five, sorry, St. Cloud fans, that's just my opinion. Um, it's real tough for me to say for sure. I do think that it's going to be to the Gophers' advantage to have, you know, that extra day of just kind of being prepared for that game. Um, you know, it, I know that uh, the whole, you know, having to win three straight games to win the, you know, the the playoffs, you know, like that's been done now. And so it's not like it's some unheard of thing but i think that uh having that extra day is going to be helpful for just planning and you know granted they're used to playing back-to-back games which i think that like i pointed out earlier north dakota has not been particularly consistent in recent weeks so if i were going to say who's going to come out of that game i think that the gophers will come out on top
0: vigo
2: well i think this gopher team is a little bit different than some of the teams in years past, and, and Minnesota has been very good at winning battles and having a good compete level, and I think sometimes that gets away from them in these kinds of games uh, in, in the past. But I think this year's team, you know, throughout the season, their resume shows that they battle and compete most games from start to finish, and I I think they'll come on top uh, regardless of who they're playing.
0: Interesting. I, I personally hope it is against North Dakota because I just want that – Event that huge spectacle that will be Friday night. Um, we're just not going to get that anymore. I don't care if Michigan comes in here or whoever. It's just not going to be the same. So uh, I, I hope it's North Dakota. Uh, so so do they. Um, but I think that uh, it, it's not as crucial this year as it was last year. I mean, last year uh, we lost a seed because of it. North Dakota. We didn't we flip flop or something like that. And uh, that's not going to happen this year. Minnesota is, I, I think, pretty much locked into the number two overall seed. I mean, that's not going to change no matter what happens this weekend. And maybe that'll play into the Govers, uh favor. You know, it, they could play more relaxed knowing, hey, we're in the tournament. We're most likely going to Grand Rapids. We know where we are. Whereas previous years, it wasn't that way.
1: You know, for me, honestly, I take the opposite view oh, of that. Okay. I, I actually think that Because we've been kind of locked into that position for a a little while, and I actually think it hasn't been necessarily advantageous. I think that that's maybe played a little bit into the inconsistency that we've seen because I think that, you know, let's face it, this whole year, and I've even been saying it, to me it's been NCAA NCAA title or bust. You know, I mean, it's great to win a Sharon McNaughton, and it'd be great to win the Broadmoor, don't get me wrong, but to me it's the minute the Bukestad decided he was going to come back. It was, okay— we got to make a run and try to win the title. And and I think that on some levels that mentality has been built and they've been locked into that kind of, you know, number one seed area for a while now. And I just think that, you know, when you don't have that necessarily desperate edge that all, you know, we got to get the best seed as possible. I mean, they're pretty much locked in and I do feel that maybe at times that's played like that Denver game, for instance, I, I do kind of wonder if that has hurt a little bit of the mentality. And so I'm actually hoping that, um, you know, they look at it from more of an inspirational standpoint. I mean, they did get a little bit embarrassed at the final five last year with the way they blew that game in a third period against North Dakota. And granted, they avenged it a week later in the same rink, you know, in the NCAAs. But nonetheless, I I do think that, you know, that's something that should be reminded of and hopefully, uh, you know, bring their A game to the table.
2: And I think – Playing North Dakota will bring their A game. And talking to the players and the coaches after that series at Mariucci earlier in the year, you know they were hoping they'd run into each other again. They were hoping they'd run into each other at the final five and and maybe at the Frozen Four or what have you. But they wanted to play again. They were not happy ending the season with a
0: tie. I believe that. Well, I'm 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 really looking forward to it. I, I, you know, nothing against CC, but I would prefer to see North Dakota. Well, that moves us on to Saturday, guys, and uh, obviously we're picking Minnesota, but uh, we got a couple different scenarios here, guys. You know, who does Minnesota match up better against? You know, St. Cloud or maybe uh, Wisconsin or Mankato? Any any of the three of those teams has a good chance of getting by on that side of the bracket. Well,
1: I mean, I I think that you know from a obviously from a talent standpoint I mean St. Cloud is clearly the best of those three teams now whether or not they're going to be there at you know on Saturday night you know like I said earlier I think it kind of depends a little bit on matchups and who they play on that Friday game but um yeah I would suspect that St. Cloud will be there even though you know just simply because I'm not sure that I think that Wisconsin's going to win that Thursday game but uh I, I, Wisconsin like certainly
0: has a lot to play for.
1: Yeah. They I mean, are they, right they, on they the are. edge
0: right now. And, you know, getting that, you know, Thursday afternoon win is a big thing for them.
1: Yeah. Well, and they're certainly on all the teams. I mean, they're the most in the most precarious position because CC, I mean, they, yes, they have to win out, but yeah. I think that it'd be pretty far fetched to see them beat uh, North Dakota then Minnesota, and then whoever's on the other end. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's exactly. impossible, yep. but that's a pretty steep hill to climb. And so to me, the the team that has this, the most precarious position is Wisconsin, and that they probably have the most to play for, given that fact. And so it is tough to say. Um, I do think that St. Cloud will probably end up being there on Saturday. Um, and I, I I personally believe that um, the Gophers match up real well, especially you know on an NHL rink and around the boards and winning those puck battles. Uh, I really like the size that the Gophers have and the depth. Um, so I think that the Gophers, if they play St. Cloud, that they'll win that game.
0: What are your thoughts,
2: Vigs? You know, I'm I'm excited to see a Minnesota St. Cloud final. I I think St. Cloud's kind of been like the kid brother to Minnesota all mm-hmm. these years, and you know they've been a Yeah, I mean, they think they've got a pretty good team this year, and uh, you know, they didn't do very well in their non-conference games, and that's why they're not, you know, going to be a top seed in the, you know, the NCAA is because they just didn 't prove themselves, I think the difference for Saint Cloud this season was they didn't give away the games to you know the lower teams in the wchA and they they capitalized on that. they got that's why they got the extra wins, and that 's why they won the tiebreaker but I think Saint Cloud probably doesn't see the battle every weekend that Minnesota does, and so I think if they get into a final they're going to see the medal of the Gophers and it's it's going to be too much for them
1: and you know the one thing I will say when you talk about you know, them and how they did in the league. They did lose at CC, you know, down the stretch. They did lose to Michigan Tech on home ice. They did lose to Wisconsin, you know, in Wisconsin. And, you know, none of those teams are great teams either. So, I mean, yes, they did play well in the league, but it's not like they were, you know, hitting on all cylinders down the stretch. So, um, you know, that's the one thing I would keep in perspective.
0: All right, guys. Any other thoughts on the final five? Besides Uh, the beer choices at the tailgate, Viggs.
2: (laughs) There are plentiful choices. I I saw Vikings (laughs) list. It was very impressive. He's had a very productive last couple months.
0: Well, Vikings should be pretty happy because his Mavericks made it. So he'll be happy for at least one day.
1: I'm really looking forward to hearing about the stories of drunk hockey guy harassing Sioux fans and, and St. Cloud <laughs> fans. I'm
0: hoping to hear some good stories. He tries to bait them every year. He ben. tries. I mean, not, it sucks that his team's not here. I think that would have been much more entertaining than Wisconsin. That's just my personal feelings.
2: I think that's the one letdown of the weekend is that the Bulldogs didn't take care of business and, and get to the final
0: five. Well, I think he would agree with you, uh, but uh, they just couldn't do anything. They couldn't score. They could shoot the puck on that, but they just yeah, couldn't score. got to get well, it. In. Puck in the net, score the goals.
1: Yeah, drunk hockey guy kind of, uh, he kind of called that one. He thought that that was yep. the worst matchup, so right. he, he got, you know, he knows his dogs. so he he, uh, he was right on that one.
0: Hammy, we had a commitment this week,
1: or this past week, I should
0: say, yeah. Mr. Tom, Novak, I believe.
1: Yeah, Tommy Novak, a uh, very skilled forward at, um, for St. Thomas Academy. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like some of his celebrations at the state tourney. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what can you everybody, say?
2: About, everybody was doing it, though.
1: Yeah. What can you say about youth? I mean, sometimes, you know, you kind of let the emotions get the best of you. But uh,
0: Yeah, we'll see no, how long but, that lasts in the WC, or not, yeah, I should say in college hockey. and yeah, They'll straighten them gonna, out pretty quick.
1: I don't think it's gonna be happening, you know, once he gets to juniors and once he gets to college. I think that'll get mixed. But uh um yeah, very talented kid, uh very good hands, you know, he's you know, got a lot of skill. I am real glad that we got him because he's one of those kids at that, that age group that, you know, you really feel you need to get um
0: of course. What's his size? Have- How big is he?
1: Uh well. Good yeah, well, he's, you know, right now, I think he's like in the 5'10, 5, 5'11 5, range, but I mean, he's only a sophomore. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. know, if, you know, what is, if he'll have a growth spurt or whatever that'll happen. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that um, he's already got pretty solid size for a kid that age. And, um, you know, he's not going to be a kid that's going to be throwing his weight around or anything like that. You don't expect a guy that's skilled like that to be playing that kind of a role necessarily. And, you know, like any kid, you know, that's that age, they still have a ways to go and they have to, you know, improve and they get grow as individuals, and uh, so you can't lock it in that they're going to be this wonderful college player. But uh, I think from a skill standpoint, he still ha- he has uh, plenty of opportunity to be that kind of a player.
0: All right, boys. You guys have any other thoughts on the podcast this week?
1: Nope.
2: just Every- go Gophers. Everybody get healthy and enjoy the weekend. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So you can get unhealthy with the booze, right? Well, unhealthy with yeah, exactly. the booze,
0: but yeah. Healthy on maybe warning, getting uh, healed up. Who knows what's going on? Lower body injury. Lucia pretty much said nothing this past weekend. You know, Friday, yeah. Friday. you know, we didn't hear anything. We yeah, There were some rumors that he had hurt a leg. He was wearing some kind of foot thing. And uh, uh, most people didn't know that. And then all of a sudden he's not in the lineup Friday, this past Friday night. People were all like, whoa, what's going on? And, of course, Don gave us nothing.
1: Well, you got the HIPAA, you know. I don't know. That's what they always
0: cite. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. You know, we'll be back next week. We'll have, you know, we'll have Selection Sunday, I believe, and we'll uh, have the whole lineup of the NCAA tournament. We'll go over the final five. We'll have a bunch of stuff for you next week. Um Remember, you can always follow Hammy on Twitter, at HammyHockey. And, uh, of course, you can follow Eric at Evigo on Twitter. And, of course, he writes for Gopher Puck Live. Um, That's it. We're done. We'll see you next week on the Gopher Puck Live podcast.